This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's time to break the silence and open up the dialogue around the topics of miscarriage and baby loss. No more shame. No more taboo. Let's ditch it for the sake of our children. The ones who are, the ones who will come. And in memory of the ones who never came to be. This is the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are joined by Carmen, who is from Canada and um, it's it's very early morning there for you, but we are so pleased to have you on the podcast to chat about your experiences. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> nice to see you guys. They said one of the good parts of being part of the worst girl gang ever is getting to see you guys. <laughs> so thank you for uh, that. <laughs> the pressure that you said about coming on and talking to us in England and called us queens. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to see you. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure at all. Um, Carmen, how long have you been following The Worst Girl Gang ever for? So I started following um, in 2020 after we lost our son, Jude uh, Simba Joy. So it seemed like timing was perfect in um, that group being available to us. Um, so so again, I, I thank you for that. So you've been with us right from the very beginning. Do you want to um, start off at the beginning of your story then? Tell us tell us what happened. So what motivated me here is my, my own self-proclaimed book tour, I guess you can call it. Um, I have kind of been reaching out to different platforms that um, – are covering pregnancy loss, just to share our story. I was always able to write it, um, but I'm trying to now discover my voice and, and speak it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we have a family of three beautiful angel babies that live with us earthside. Uh, Case is our oldest. He's five. Maylee is going to be four on Easter. And then our youngest is Ada, and she's a year and a half tornado. <laughs> um, so those are our, our babies that live with us here. But we also have seven angel babies that live in our hearts. Um, so I have had seven um, losses, five of which have been 12 weeks and younger. Um, and then two that were uh, 24 weeks and under. So my daughter, Kaya Bell, um, was born January 2nd, 2017 um, at 24 weeks. And my son, Jude Simba Joy, which was named by my children, um, was born at 21 weeks in August of 2020 when I kind of started following you guys. Um, and through the whole process, I always wrote um, to my babies. They, it was always just my way of uh, honoring them, you know, starting almost like a pregnancy book that I would diary to them. And after losing my son, Jude, I something was lit in me and dare I say a gift of um, of all my pregnancies just to say, what's the point of all this? You know, all these baby books that I've kind of kept under my uh, bed. So I decided to put them all into a document. 
And I think it was also a way of just distracting myself, of course. And I, uh, what kind of transpired from there was it leading to a, a published book, um, which, yeah, I'm really excited about um, more so that I really do. I think in this, um, y- you know, we try to hold our grief or hide it. And so I could always write it um, just not to <laughs> um, worry anyone or make anyone uncomfortable. And, you know, we really are good at people pleasing, I think. And what's really come out yeah. of releasing the book is the people that I tried to save the most from my grief. Um, I made cry the most, I think. Um, but it also, it just showed the humanness of it. And I think people, a lot of them have said that, like, we just really didn't know what you were going through um, until now. And um, and I, I should also add, sorry, that we do have two guinea pigs named Miko Bear and um, Crazy Head <laughs> and two pot belly pigs named Daisy and uh, Blackie Whitey, which is really 21st oh, century. <laughs> always wanted a pig. Um, and our fur baby Nola is what started it all. Hi. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, I uh, that's that's kind of our history with um, our pregnancies. We also just recently had a loss actually when I released the book, um, and it was a surprise pregnancy that, um, of course, we ended we we wanted. So I've been kind of dealing with that lately too, and I think it's it's strange to offer a book. Um, you know, where you try to find a conclusion and I, I think there's no conclusion to grief, um, is kind of the, the, what I want to share is that, um, spoiler alert, my husband said, oh, you said we were complete with our family of three and now here we are (laughs) again. And, um, yeah, I think it's just amazing how we're so beyond grateful and blessed in knowing we have this family of three and our journey to get here. Um, so you almost, I didn't share too much that we've, we've lost just again, that I'm still fearing sharing that with um, others. And then I, I recently bumped my knee and started crying and I, I didn't stop crying. So I think it helped release um, what I've been really feeling and just um, how you can be so grateful, but you can also still be heartbroken all at the same time. Um, so yeah, yeah the journey of grief just is always there for sure. Yeah, it is. I think what you said about um, protecting other people from what you're going through. Um, I, I mean, I can I can really relate because I I remember when I announced my pregnancy with my son, um, and it was my eighth pregnancy. My I think it was my mother-in-law and like people close to me that are in my life that I speak to on a regular basis were like, Laura, I thought that this was the fifth one. Aww. And I just got, hadn't bothered telling people about it because, you know, it was all very awkward. They didn't really know what to say. And the comfort that they offered wasn't really comfort. It was just like, oh, you know, try again, that sort of right, stuff. Right. Um, but yeah, I, and I think I, I felt quite bad for not having kept them in the loop but it's just you know each loss is different and at the time you do what you what you need to mm-hmm. get by don't you for sure and, and you're trying to protect yourself so I, I was going to say was there 
Laura, was there ever a stage where you were kind of like, didn't want to tell people because they felt you felt they might judge you for keeping going when you when you had had such like no success? Did you feel like, oh, people are just going to think I'm an idiot? No. From keeping no, because people always used to say, keep going, it will happen. Um, that was what everyone always G'd me on. Um, but I, I felt embarrassed and ashamed because I thought they must think, oh, God, what is wrong with her? She's obviously got really serious issues with something. Mm. Is it because she's overweight? Is it because of this? Is it because of that? Um, yeah, and, and also I just didn't – I was just bored of sympathy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I, I think – for me, it wasn't so much the number of losses, but it was the time span. I was like, this has been like six years of people feeling sorry for me. It's boring now. I'm bored <laughs> yes. of it. They must be bored of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carmen, with because you've obviously got living children, did you find, did you, was any of your, the reasons that you didn't talk about your later losses because you feared that judgment as well of people saying, well, what are you, why are you, care? you've got kids, like, Calm down. Stop. You don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> so interesting you say that, um, Laura, because I, it's it's also interesting. Like we naively, I'm a, I'm a nurse as well, um, and my first ever introduction to miscarriage was um, in the hospital, and I do remember, you know, the doctor just telling this patient, "You've had a miscarriage." I fetched everything to help. Um, you know, and I just, I truly, truly never believed it would happen to me. I was reading your story, Bex, to how you're either part of the miscarriage club or you're you're not. Um, that feeling, anyways, of being part of or not. And I think it's normal. So when we started our journey, I, I really had, I knew what it was, but it was never going to happen to me. Um, and then when it did, it was like people were saying, oh, you just kind of get that out of your system and then your body will know what to do. Um, You know, people just, Mm -hmm. so I held on to that, of course. And then we had another loss. Um, And then I started, You do each time you kind of lose that naivety um, that comes, right, with each pregnancy. And then our third, when we finally made it past the dreaded, you know, 12 weeks where you don't tell anyone. So the first time I told everyone, and then I was embarrassed when I had to share that we lost Mm. um, our baby. And then the second time I said nothing. Um, And then our third, we actually did the same. We held our breaths till we got to the 12 weeks. And um, once we got to the 20 week ultrasound, that's when we found out um, that our daughter had had a syndrome that wasn't going to be viable. And we wanted this so bad, you know, and I, um, I think it, we went from believing we'd have babies to then um, not believing we'd have babies to then having a baby, which was Kaya, um, but then not believing we'd have living babies. Um, so kind of like you too, Laura, like you just, you never believe um, you're, you're actually going to have a living baby, but I could never tell people that I actually um, lost hope, if that makes sense. Like being pregnant was a distraction from, um, in a way, like it was something to hope for again. Um, but it's so tricky because I think had I not kept 
trying. There's there's so many ways to look at it that I would say I wouldn't have part of the family I have today because then we did go on to have our, our son and our daughter. And um, but then, too, I the, the story are are so personal and so different for every single person, because we do hear that where well, when are you going to stop trying or haven't you lost enough for that kind of thing? And um, that's the only thing I can say is we get to choose when that's enough, um, I think. And but the, it's it's so sensitive because like for you, too, when you said eight losses, like I can't even begin to believe that or imagine that. Right. And um yeah, so it's, it's just interesting. And then when we had our two babies and it was a boy and a girl, we got a lot of, you've already got the million dollar family, um, which is true. And I think you have your vision of what you think your family's going to look like. And um, we, wh- when we lost then our son, we had a couple more losses, but when we lost our son at Jude at 21 weeks, um, it was, <laughs> it was actually our most normal birth even though it was abnormal. So we did end up having some traumatic births as well. Um, And when I wrote the book, I was writing it kind of during my pregnancy with Ada, so our rainbow after Jude. And everyone was saying that, like, we live in a culture that you, of course, you want hope. And um, so, of course, my hope was that she would live. And then we went on to have a traumatic birth, even though she lived. And it was like that was our greatest, you know, Um, but just showing that there's no, there's no perfect ending or story. Like it is perfect in having your family, but we all get there in different ways. And if I had Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, like the, um, but, but it does change. Like now having um, our family of three, um, I think with you, Bex, you had lost um, a baby after having three kids and we um we definitely felt that because there was a lot of like oh you've already got the family you want you know um so that's it's it's just every stage is so different I guess is what I'm trying to say and um but we did we definitely got that pushback too um and just how in the beginning you don't want all that sympathy um and then later I think you, you do maybe, and nobody's giving it to you because now you've got baby living babies. It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's a, a crazy journey. I think it's it's as you say, it's like it's such a complicated dynamic, and you change. And I think we we need to be treating women as individuals the whole way through, and understand that their feelings might change in order to meet their needs at any given time. And I was chatting this morning on the phone to um, someone about the psychology behind it and stuff and how how much we're set up to fall by our expectations as chil- children. And we wrote a post about it recently about, you know, no one's narrative of motherhood ends with the words, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And we're really so ill-equipped to deal with these things because we don't think they're a possibility. It's like you said, Carmen, and like I said as well, I never thought I'd be one of those women because I wasn't taught at school that I might be. And it's it's not fair, but the reason we don't think it's fair is because we didn't have an alternative, you know, an alternative education. We were taught that when you, when you get ready, when you come to the age where you can have children, then all you need to do is have sex and you'll have children. And we look at animals, you know, 
that, that's how we are taught biology at school. It's certainly in the UK how we're taught biology. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of the problem, that if we can manage these expectations and teach teach girls that they might be one of, you know, one in four, they might have one in four pregnancies that end in loss, then at least that they can be more prepared and they will grow up with the, the knowledge that life's not fair. <laughs> and it will really sort of help help them with the ugly feelings because they won't be so acute because they'll they'll have that base foundation of knowing that life is really fucking tough and unfair (laughs) and it you know that that sort of thing it's but it's just this constant need we we have to recognize in how people's what they need changes all the time and and what they you know the support that they need needs to look different at every stage like you've like you've said the support further down the line still needs to be there but it needs to look different from the support straight away that was an early ramp for you (laughs) absolutely um yeah and and I think that's kind of my motivation for doing and and what you guys do too is for my own daughters that they can openly talk about um their journeys with others and um yeah like you you want that excitement that naivety to think that you you can have a living baby but what's really showed me too with our journey and as you guys have known like the online support community and how many people are going through this is just proof right and that really opened my eyes as people started opening up um especially the generation of our parents that never shared these kind of things right and that was my reason yeah. for doing it was just amazing like i i gave a couple talks just with at my hospital and um you know they would stand up with tears in their eyes and this is 40 50 years later and saying their children's names and um that's the thing this has always been there for millennia and um it's just never been it's always been hushed and i just exactly i think we need to i think this there is a movement happening and we're changing the script and that's our reason for doing and um it's really really amazing and it it sucks that it is so fucking hard (laughs) but um but it, it is true and i i think we can all um support each other in a different way by by being so open about it so the warriorship we wanted to come and tell you a little bit about it didn't we bex and in case you're already going why we don't want to know about a fucking ship the warriorship is our online membership for warriors in this community it's packed full of stuff so we just want to tell you about some of the stuff all of the content from all of the courses that we ever run is in the warriorship so there's loads to get your teeth into and we are also developing modules for what happens after but not only that we've also got a ton of educational workshops running once a month in the coming months we have got body positivity workshop gratitude workshop and loads 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 more and on top of that we also have a resident mental health specialist and on top of that if if that wasn't enough there's 13 events every month and there's stuff popping up all the time as well that other people are organizing that you can be a part of so it really is thriving and all you have to do is head to the link in our bio or visit our website and you can be a part of this too we'd love to see you there Carmen, I wanted to ask how you and your husband um, have managed over the years um, navigating parenting alongside loss and 
you know, still looking looking after each other. Um, have, have there been any times when you've struggled or you've been on different pages at, at the same time? Absolutely. Um, I did allude in my book to there was a time where when we kept having loss that I really thought we weren't meant to be together. I think, um, and you just, you go down that rabbit hole where, where you're like, it must be this reason or this reason. And so for a while, that was hard on our relationship. And my husband had to remind me, like, you know, there's families that are still together, not having kids, and they love you. And we we, do, we did love each other, of course, but it was, that was our prime focus at, at the time was to have a baby. Mm. Um, and then... And when you say focus, you mean like obsession, right? A hundred percent. That is all. It was like, today's the day and just <laughs> bum in the, in the face. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, for sure. And so when that started happening for us, um, there was definitely the, like, the pregnancy that I, I didn't enjoy it in, I guess, the traditional sense. I, I took so many pictures with my daughter, Kaya, um, and our belly and different things. And it wasn't until 28 weeks that I started taking pictures of my boy. Um, my counselor actually had said, uh, the pictures you took from your girl are always there. You always have those to go back to and um, you'll never lose that. And But you don't have to look at them all the time. And so with my boy, both my husband too, like he didn't really, he shied away from touching my belly like he had done with our girl. Um, so our relationship was different in that sense. I think he really said like, until this baby's alive in our arms, I kind of, you know, you're just trying to protect yourself. Um, so then we were ecstatic with our son. How did that make you feel that, because uh, I've had this, <laughs> where mm -hmm. they don't want to engage and you're like, well, lucky you. This is yeah. how I felt. <laughs> lucky you. You don't have to think about this every minute right. of every day. Right. You know, you, you go and enjoy your, your blissful ignorance while I'm here <laughs> panicking, going to the toilet to check my pants all the time. And Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You nailed it, um, Laura. Like, I think if there became a time where when we were sleeping together, I would just shove my belly on his back <laughs> so he would feel the baby kick because it, it was just a forced, like, here it is, you know, because um, you do. You want that confirmation, but you also you you're trying to not be reminded of it yourself meanwhile there's no way to not be because it's <laughs> you're with those thoughts all day right so there was definitely yeah. like a point where I almost more so <laughs> forced um forced it on him and and then we got there right as soon as he was born he was absolutely right like then he mm -hmm. was full fully embedded um but what was interesting for me was with our son just being a new mom um there was this belief like enjoy every minute and what they all say and there was times that I didn't right and then you felt guilty yeah. but dare I say that to anyone because every other you should be so grateful that you finally have have your baby right um mm. and I've heard that said by a lot of people too so I think I kind of suffered like motherhood in silence in the beginning a little bit um and same thing I didn't really complain to my husband too much about it um I did use my mom a lot and my sisters and so I, I had a lot of supports that way um but what was interesting was it was my my next um 
my daughter, Maylee, that, and my counselor said it was like delayed grief. Um, and I wrote it in the book or I wouldn't say it out loud, but I actually had a moment where I, I actually bit my husband <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed to say that, but it's just the truth. And I think it has to be said that whether it's, you know, you, you throw a cup on the floor or you like just, just an internal rage. Um, and I had no idea where that was coming from. And I was actually terrified. I, um, messaged my counselor right away and obviously like cried and, and, um, apologized to my husband, but it was this, that moment where it was, it was all coming back, right? So now you're parenting these living babies. um, And there was just so much kind of in the like that you put down because you're in the chaos of raising two toddlers. Um, So that was a big turning point in our relationship. um, And me going back to therapy, because I, there's kind of this, like therapy definitely saved me in a lot of ways. And it's one of the great things that came, I guess, from, from our pregnancy loss. But I, you know, you go through your loss and then I stopped seeing our counselor because, oh, we're not going through loss anymore. And um, I think that's something to note that we, that's what I mean. It's just such a continuum. Um, and now, of course, my husband and I, we've come out the other side of that and getting the help we needed. And he opened up to talk more um, as well. And um and it's, it's still chaos. We still like high five before we go to bed and you take this one, I'll take this one. Um, so there's navigating that. But I think just really trying to make time. <clears throat> they call it like even micro dating, like where you do like a 10 minute <laughs> um, drinking of your tea together or whatever. So we've we've come a long ways, but we he even to this day, like he still doesn't say their names as much as I do. And, um, and I think too, it's like we've, been there done that and I don't know if that's just men's ways of coping and and he said it once to me too he said it must be so nice that you have people you can talk to um because with guys they kind of make jokes and then they and then he doesn't want to bring it up again and um and when I was (laughs) when my book was released I said would you ever read it and he actually said no I've been through it um I I've already been through it. You know, I don't want to go through that again. And so as much as we think they don't, we don't really think they don't care, but they, they, they don't talk about it as much as we do. And um, I think it's because it's even more, I I almost wonder if it's more painful for them because they just can't process their feelings about it. And, and we've physically gone through the, the start to finish. Whereas they didn't get that same closure, you know, so it's, and mm. I could talk forever on that, but there's was so many moments in the journey that, and even like just subtle subtleties where he would say, you know, poor little fellow or, or different things. And it would just knock me to my knees. Cause I was like, he, he, he's really feeling it. Um, mm. But yeah, dare I say that I do think um, it actually brought us closer in a lot of ways too, because we've, we've gone through all the emotions there are to go through together. Um, But if you can hold on long enough, because there was, there was times, I'm not going to lie that we both, he'd go out drinking with his friends. I would go take another nursing contract or something, right? Cause we're just trying to run away from what reminds us of our loss, which is each other. So it's crazy. Yeah. My husband (laughs) drank a lot for, for a few years and, um, 
I didn't really put two and two together at the time, but yeah, he was he was just every Friday, Saturday night, just pissed out with his mates. And I think, <laughs> oh, well, lucky you, you get to go and have fun. Right. But obviously that wasn't him having fun, was it? It was him yeah. blocking it all out. Mm-hmm. But um, interestingly, my husband's never read my book either. Ah! And neither has my mum. And my mum said, I don't need to read it because I, I was there with you when it all happened. So yeah yeah they don't want to relive the trauma do they something else that you said um about men not having anyone to talk to I think we are really really lucky to be women I mean it's hard (laughs) being a woman is hard but how amazing that we can just talk to our mates about stuff Mm -hmm. and or not even our mates strangers sometimes uh I just I don't know how I would cope with a lot of things, not just like baby loss stuff. I mean, just life without having that sort of open, non-judgmental, most of the time chat with with women um, mm-hmm. and men. I really feel like they are missing out. I don't know how we get them to be to be better at it, but um, we're we're very lucky. Mm-hmm. And I love how you guys, I really love your mission, like that we're going into battle together because it's, it is, it's that tribal um, feel that we kind of, we are all in this together. And, um, and I do, I hope for that for, for men, but there's also just the genetic components of, of um, like our, our upbringing. But I I do hope that there's a change in that too. Um, yeah (laughs) I hope that something comes from that so Carmen you said that you had a surprise pregnancy has that um like reignited a want for more yeah so um that's that's what the crazy part is is um exactly so I was talking to someone at work that because I did decide to share it. I wasn't going to, but I thought I would share it with the book release just to normalize if I can. Um, As much as, you know, our story is hopefully a story of hope. It was still just to show that we're always journeying and in, in building our family, even if we're done building our family. It's, it's because um, then we're raising our angels, we're, range, we're raising, they're always with us, right? In, in some capacity. So, yeah, it's that whole, like, <laughs> you didn't know you wanted what you wanted and now you want it thing. So mm-hmm. I've been kind of navigating that more recently. If I'm being honest, the whole um, whatever will happen will happen and not saying we're done. But because I, I never liked the finality of saying we're, we're finished, but, um, but also allowing t- to see what happens. But then there's the whole even my last last month, um, without trying to conceive, there was a moment where there's that dreaded, you know, those 14 days or whatever after your um, ovulation, where I had the cramps and everything. And I for sure thought we must be pregnant. And even without trying, we did have our period. And I was grieving that. And I was shocked at myself that I was... Um, because already my mind had created even in those just that waiting period that that we were pregnant. So I was grieving not being pregnant, but not um, like grieving a baby that never was. And it was, um, 
yeah, I think that really made me realize like I am, I'm still pro, I am definitely still processing this, processing this. Um, and yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So watch this space. <laughs> we, will, we will see. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I always think it's amazing how like you don't realize how much you want something until you don't have it. And having spoken to lots of women who have found out that they're pregnant and it wasn't a planned pregnancy and then had a loss, it's mm-hmm. the feeling that I get from them is this terrible sort of a joy that they got in their head round and then really started to celebrate and think. And we even spoke to, to, to um, when I'm thinking of Reese and Layla, Laura, who moved in order they moved to be together in order to to have this baby and then she found out she'd had a miscarriage Mm. sort of anti-climax that real deep grief of and then on top of that the grief because you've set yourself up for this baby that you weren't expecting it and you're sort of saying oh it's a you know a gift from god or it's a it's meant to be you know that whole attitude and then when it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. there must be then such a sense of like guilt and like oh maybe I didn't want it enough maybe the baby knew that that we wasn't planned and you know I think there's so many women out there that are torturing themselves because of of these you know they're not crazy they're completely understandable but you know this sort of thought processes behind everything that happens it's such a complicated set of emotions isn't it and when you say like um you didn't realize your, your your period as a grief, even though you weren't really trying. I, I remember that feeling, and I and in your head you're going, "Oh, for goodness sake! Like we weren't trying. Why are you sad? Why are you sad? We weren't trying." And it's something like the heart wants what the heart wants, right? But it's just it's such a crazy mm. crazy set of emotions to have and try and get to the bottom of and understand and navigate and manage and all of that stuff. Oh, for sure, and um. The a, a big one surprisingly was because uh, no matter what you instantly Google your due date <laughs> I think or at least I always that's one thing um, you do a quick Google <laughs> um, Mr Nigel's rule but we so we figured or I found out that we were due August fifteenth which was actually the due date of our first loss. And it's amazing how quick I connected that, that I'm like, this must be full circle. Even though it was, it's our story has already been full circle. I was like, yes, this sign and it must, it's meant to be and, and all of that. And the funny thing is my whole book is, is based on um, these signs that really is what kind of got me through, right? I, I believe so wholeheartedly on the, on the signs. But what I was thinking is, in a sense, being an expert in pregnancy loss, just in having so many, I was still <laughs> dumbfounded. And that really amazed me that um, I still went through the same, like, hoping for the signs. And um, so it just shows, like, that really doesn't change, I think, just human nature of just getting attached um, right away, even if you try not to, and even if it was a surprise. Um, so... Yeah, I was really surprised even in that sense that I, and I, I hate to say it that way, but sometimes, because we're all looking for the signs, and in this case, there was no signs, so to quote unquote, so to speak, um, but the sign did serve a purpose 
while I was pregnant. So it gave me hope. So it's, it's so interesting. I find like we hold so deeply on them and now, um, and, and we have to, I think, but I, uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting that I, you'd think that I, even knowing, um, every time I'm pregnant is such a, um, like, I hate to use the word blessed, but just that you really are, um, you, you don't know, right, that you're going to have this baby every single time. And um, I still thought I was going to have this baby, even having lost so many. So it's, it's um, yeah, that, that really surprised me uh, recently. And just, again, that we're, we're always going through it, and we always love what we have, I think. And that's just the truth. Mm. Yeah. Carmen, can you tell us where people can find your book? Yeah, for sure. So I did a quick Google search, but it says it's temporary, temporarily out of stock in the UK. <laughs> but um, it is on yeah. Amazon. <laughs> um, and it's called A Diary to My Baby's Journeying Through Pregnancy Loss. And um, it's available on Kindle as well. And there is uh, the Demeter website, which I can send you, but it's in Canada, but they will ship out to the UK. But I definitely, um, they, they're going to send copies to the UK. So they said, look for it in the spring. Um, so we're, we're getting there, but yeah. <laughs> Great. If you send us the links and we can pop them in the show notes so that people can, um, can find it. Of course, of course. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's been lovely chatting to you. Really nice to meet you and hear your story. And I can't wait to have a read of your book either. Yeah, yeah. thanks so much. <laughs> a little quote just from my book uh, at the end is, to the babies I never held on the outside, to the babies I held in my hands, to the baby who I hold, sorry, to the babies who I hold in my heart, to the babies I hold in my life, and to the babies who live on in my mind and dreams. I do this for us. So our story, the diaries of our babies will go on. Um, and they're the stories that became ours. So that's my, there's my pitch. <laughs> oh, lovely. That's, lovely. that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day, Carmen, and um, keep in touch, won't you? Absolutely. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs>